You may have seen Harry Osgood yourself. He's that old man who walks the beaches day and night, wobbling across the sand with his cane. From 63rd to Fargo Avenue, he covers the city. And when he's not on the beach, he's on a bus on the way to a beach. He stands, leans on his cane, and gazes at the water that used to be so blue. It's strange. All those days, all those nights, the only thing he wanted was to be here on the shore. And now, what wouldn't he give to be back out there on the lake, in that little kitchen, boiling potatoes as the rain cries down the dirty windows? Because it's not the job he dreams of, it's the aloneness. He's heard children on the beach asking their parents, pointing, What's that? What's a house doing floating on the lake? And he'd like to say, Kid, that's not a house. That's my crib. Your crib? But he's gone so long without speaking that he's dropped the habit altogether. Years ago now, he crowned himself the king of loneliness. A man's entitled to be king of something, isn't he? Fourteen days a month for fifty-seven years, it was just Harry Osgood in the lake. The lake, his only friend, his only enemy, his brother, his mother. For 57 years, Harry was the head crib keeper out on the Wilson Avenue water crib, four miles offshore from Chicago. Four miles? Across a mostly frozen lake, four miles may as well be 400 if the tugboat can't get through. And in summer, what's a man going to do? One thing most crib keepers had in common back in the old days, they didn't swim. Like any self-respecting fisherman, crib keepers wouldn't stick a toe in the water unless the Almighty ordained it. The crib was an island, pure and simple. And multiply those four miles that may as well be 400 by how many days left until Friday when the tug arrives with the re-upped supplies. That is, if you can keep track of the days. Supplies, yes, God knows he needed supplies, but it was the tug itself the human voice of the captain that Harry used to crave even more than the macaroni and the newspapers and the cigarettes and the fresh eggs. Harry had a wife once, Anita. She used to call him half a month. At first, things were good. Things were beautiful. Anita said that if marriages of her friends were anything to go by, the last thing in the world she wanted was a full-time husband. It would spoil the honeymoon of those two weeks on the shore. And those weeks were, weren't they? like so many honeymoons. Six years into the job, she left him when she figured more things were possible those other weeks than waiting. Besides, honeymoons, they tire you out. He never blamed her. How could he? He could have quit. He always could have quit. But it was as if the job itself was to be lonely. Yes, there were duties. He had to keep the intake shaft clear of ice in winter and algae and other gunk in summer. In older days, they used to dynamite to blast the ice. That livened things up. So yes, it was a job. Yes, there were responsibilities. To keep safe the water of hundreds of thousands of Chicagoans isn't anything to sneeze at. And yet being lonely was what you had to work at. Being alone is what kept you up at night along with the shrieking winds and the 25-foot waves. Over the years, he came to see himself as a kind of watchman of the city, his city, city of his birth, city of his old age. A city needs someone to watch over it. Maybe people thought, if they thought about it at all, that it was Mayor Daly, 
the first one, the real one, who stayed up all night lording over the sleeping city. Then that fuddy Belandic, then Jane Byrne, bless her beautiful temper, then Harold, bless his sense of humor, then Daly the next, whoops, forgot Jean Sawyer of the weak knees. And we won't speak of the men and women who came after Daly the next. I've stopped paying attention. But you want the truth? They slept. All of them slept. It was Harry Osgood, unknownest of the unknowns, self-proclaimed king of loneliness, who never dozed while his blinking city slept. And what of the little light he left on in case a solitary beach walker was in need of a sign? Harry Osgood's light was there all night long, a beacon in the watery distance. At first you think it's a boat, but then you realize it isn't moving. Chicago's night watchman, and hardly a soul even knew the old crib keeper existed. They forced him to retire 12 years ago. Computers and robotic arms do the job now, at least until the water is no longer safe to drink. They say it won't be long now before the miracle solvents won't be able to break down the even more miraculous toxins carried, so they say, via the rain from China. When in doubt, blame China. And the whole system goes defunct. And these beloved cribs will be nothing but relics, useless monuments of a time when this lake and this city were one and nothing could divide them, not even landfill. Harry Osgood is almost 90 now. He's got his city pension. It's enough to live on anyway. What's it to him where Chicago will get its water? Still, it weighs on him, the old beach walker. Without the lake, who are we? Omaha? Kansas City? If he could only talk, the things he could tell a curious kid, those waves, how they sometimes look like enormous hands reaching up out of the lake, and fish? You want fish? They'd swim right by the crib. Schools? No, they weren't schools. These were universities of fish. We had so many fish, whitefish, trout, coho, perch, salmon, bass, smelt, sturgeon. Not sturgeon. Not sturgeon in his time. That was his grandfather's time. But what's it matter if there's hardly an alewife out there anymore? You think I'm kidding? Once they caught a giant sturgeon off North Avenue. Thing weighed 297 pounds. They thought they were reeling in a whale. And the blue of the lake? How many shades of blue do you think there are? There aren't enough words in the language, any language, for how many blues Harry has known. You ever seen a blue set fire by the rising of the sun? And one afternoon... So many years ago now, Harry looked out one of the little windows of the crib kitchen and saw powder blue, the shade of the nursery he once painted for the child they never had. Anita said powder blue would keep the flies away from the baby. He didn't understand, but some things you don't ask any questions about. You just paint the walls. Out there alone on the crib, you notice such things, colors. You could look out into the water and see everything you thought had vanished. Mm -hmm.